It's a great, it's a great weekend. It usually kicks off summer, right? Yeah. And so I thought to, to kick us off, I wanted to ask a couple, you know, Memorial Day trivia questions. Okay? Okay. All right. I don't have any, you know, extravagant prizes for you. But, um, so first question is, does anybody know after which war did Memorial Day begin to become a thing? Anybody know? Anybody? Guesses are fine too. World War One. World War One. Vietnam. 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 Okay. World War Two. Revolutionary War. War. Revolutionary War. Okay. Funny, I, I didn't hear it. Uh, the Civil War. Oh. Yeah. Did you say it? Did I just not hear it? Oh, well, cacophony of sound. My apologies. I apparently got it, guys. Civil War. Civil War. Now, now here's, a, here's an interesting one. Anybody know what Memorial Day was originally called? No, no. It was, uh, oh no, I didn't write it down. It's Decoration Day. So like, like the getting a, you know, a medal or anything like that, it's, it was Decoration Day. Um, lastly, anybody know the year that it became a federal holiday? 1972. <laughs> No, just wait. Any ideas? 1949. Let's say like 15 years after. Wow. 53. It was, uh, David was close. 1971. So, it used to be be that the states would celebrate it on their own, and so it became like a political thing to, to establish which day it would be on, and so... It was uh, because initially it started with the Civil War, after the Civil War, in, the, in memory of all of the men who, all the people who gave their lives during the war, it became kind of a, uh, a way to get some political points, score some political points, and, and by moving it around and establishing it. Eventually, they would establish it as one single federal holiday. Interesting thing as a whole, but yeah, it, it originated, as I said, after the Civil War, uh, following, it was made an official holiday in 1971. You know, and so, these days, though, we think about Memorial Day. And I was like, I know what Memorial Day is about, but I was like, I want to just make sure that I have it right in my head. I was like, make sure I've got it right. You know, because it can feel like Memorial Day is the kickoff of summer. It means it's the day to grill and hang out with family and have some fun and be outside. Uh, maybe not this Memorial Day, I think it might rain. You could still be outside, but, right? I mean, it, it can seem like that, where, where that's what our attention goes to, goes to. But Memorial Day really is a federal holiday that encourages all Americans to, to consider and honor the lives of men and women who have lost their lives in, in service to the United States, right? And so it's a time to encourage that because these people who have died in service to the preservation and the perpetuation of the Union and of the United States of America. 
right? So it's that time that we think about. And the U.S. does this, you know, we, we have uh, Veterans Day, Memorial Day, we have the 4th of July where we celebrate our inter- the Independence Day, right? All of these things. But we do those a few times a year, yeah. right? To celebrate the lives lost for the people of the U.S. But what's, what I appreciate is, is that we don't wait a few times a year. You know, we celebrate as Christians at least a life lost for us, right? Yeah. Every week yeah. we try to do that. And, and that's, that's the hope today. We're going we're gonna to take some time to really reflect on that. But for me, it is inspiring and encouraging to think about and, and go back to the cross. But it also encourages me, too, to reflect on all of the men and women who have persevered and driven to continue God's kingdom over the years, right? And, and what we're going to look at, we're going we're gonna to take up in Hebrews today, alright? So if you have a Bible, we're going to go to Hebrews 10. Most everybody has a smartphone these days, so we'll just pull out the smartphone and make it happen. But, um, you know, we as Christians, as I said, every week do this for our king who gave his life in service for his kingdom and for his people. Um, while we're reading a good chunk of Hebrews, all right, and I know, I, here's the thing, I know we're outside, all right, I know we're outside, so there's like always cool things going on, there's baseball and people on bikes, and uh, you know, there are, there are a number of great things that have, you can kind of still get your mind in a great um, place while even being outside, but as we read uh, Hebrews understand that first off it's a this this writer of Hebrews he's been making this letter he's written this letter to uh, these Hebrew Christians saying trying to convince them of the power and the authority of Jesus mm-hmm. he's trying to help them understand like this Messiah that you've been waiting for he's got the power and authority over all. And not only that, but he's, He has come and, and died for you. But it wasn't just for you. It was for all of them way back in the past as well. Before. And it's, it's how His work is timeless. And so, we're going to read a, a good section here. We're going to start off in looking at Jesus. Uh, we're not going to read through the whole Hall of Faith. So don't be worried if you thought we were going to do that. Um, however, has anybody ever been to Arlington Cemetery in Washington, D.C.? Now, so, can, can somebody tell me, how does it feel to stand in, in Arlington Cemetery? Awful. Awful? Okay. Feels awful. Awful. Scary. Scary, okay. Anybody else? How does it feel for them? Overwhelming. Overwhelming. It's massive. Massive. I saw people over here. What did you guys think? Gives you a sense of appreciation. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You know, Arlington Cemetery was, it's, it's, a, it's a federal, it was sold to, uh, I think it was Lee, but it was sold and given as a, a, not a gift, but they had 
to this day, they now have 260,000 uh, servicemen and women who've been buried in Arlington cemeteries. And if you ever go, um, now maybe I'm weird, but I actually like cemeteries um, because they're they're really peaceful. It's it's there's an aspect that reminds you that like, hey, um, this life is not all that. I mean, this is it, where it ends there, but it ends here, and we get to keep going on. We get to be with God. We get to have time with Him. But as, as I think back to my experience in going to Arlington Cemetery, one of the things that that struck me at that time was a sense of real pride. Because it was 260,000 people have died there, right? And, and as you stand there, you think through the, the years, people have given something, given their lives over the years for a country, right? And it, it humbles you. Personally, it makes you feel like, for it makes me feel like, wow, this is something worth fighting for, in a sense. Um, when I think of it from the concept of as an American, right? But what it means to me is that I'm part of something that's that's broad and bigger than just myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That there was lives that came before my life that fought for a vision and a hope and a dream of something that they believed would persevere. Yeah. Right? And so, but that's, that's a, that's for the United States of America. Right? Yeah. And, and while, yes, I am an American, I am, I, I hold to my faith in the kingdom of God and being a Christian first and foremost. And so, what I want us to think about is, is put your mind in the, largest, most beautifully kept cemetery you can imagine in a sense. And know that there were men and women who gave their lives, who committed themselves to the kingdom of God through the last 2,000 years, and even men and women of faith before that, right? So as you you hear these scriptures, try and think about the power that comes with that, right? The the awe, what it does for me is it inspires me and it empowered me to know that I'm a part of something that's going to keep going even when I'm not here, if Jesus doesn't come back before, right? Yeah. But as we pick up in Hebrews 10, I hope you we, we can reflect first, as I said, we're going to look at Jesus. And I'm going to, I'm going to move about just a little bit. I'll let you know what verse I'm going to. But in Hebrews 10, started in verse 16, This is the covenant I will make with them. After that time, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts, and I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, there is no longer any sacrifice or sin. Therefore, brothers and sisters... Since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, open for us through the curtain that is His body, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. 
Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another, and all the more, as you see the day approaching. Let me jump to verse 32. Remember those earlier days, after you had received the light, when you stood your ground in a great contest, in the face of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. And at other times, you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You sympathized with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had a better and lasting possession. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere. So that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised. For in just a very little while, He who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith. And if He shrinks back, I will not be pleased with Him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. You know, the writer of Hebrews, I believe he's, he's here, he's trying to inspire the reader. He's going, look, the blood of Jesus was given for you right off. You know, I love how he puts it. He goes, remember the contest? Like, what does he say? He says, Remember those earlier days you stood your ground in a great contest in the face of suffering, right? Yeah. And, I, and I think, you know, this is Memorial Day, right? We, it's the uh, Memorial Day weekend. It's the idea of you, you look back of those who stood their ground in the face of suffering. I, I'd say, let's look back to the Christians. Let's look back to the, the Jewish, the, the, the Jews who stood their ground in the face of suffering, kept their faith, continued on, carried the torch, didn't give up their faith in Yahweh God to believe so that eventually Jesus would come. There was still a Jewish nation. Right? They persevered and they strove to live. And we're not even going to read the Hall of Faith, but it goes through and... it. Oh my goodness, we're going to read a small section of it, but we're going to see there are so many people before us who lived lives worthy of not just honor, but our inspiration. It can be inspiring to us, but it was all them who came before, and even the Christians that he's writing to now, he goes, you've had great suffering, suffering, but you've stood your ground. It's, it's already inspiring. And he's going on and he's saying, persevere, do not give up. And, and what I love is he goes, you see the kind of emphasis of, he's like, okay, here's the warning. God's not going to be pleased if you, don't, if you don't keep going. But then he follows it up with, but we're not of those who shrink back and are destroyed. Right? He says, we're not of those. He says, we're the ones who, who keep going. That was the Christians then, and I believe that's us now too. But it's making sure, as he started this section, to say, but you've got to remember Jesus. 
You've got to remember Jesus. And then he goes on, he goes, but let me also remind you of some of these others, right? Let me remind you of some of these other incredible men and women who came before us. Let's look at Hebrews 11, verse 32. You know, if you, if you know some of these stories, think about them as you read them, as we go through them. It says, he says, and what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell you. I literally don't have time to tell you. To tell you about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured and refused to be released so that they might gain a better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging, while still others were chained and put in prison. They were stoned. They were sawed in two. They were put to death by the sword. They went about uh, in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. That's our ancestry. As disciples, as Christians, that's our ancestry. The world was not worthy of these men and women of faith that we look back and we remember their, their sacrifices, their victory. It wasn't just all sacrifice. There was victory. The first time I started reading this, I was like, well, that's nice. They had a lot of victory. And then I got to the end where they're being sawed in two. And I go, hmm, okay. Well, was it all good? They had some challenges. Right? And I, I think back and I go, there will be victories, but there will never be total defeat for us because of Jesus yeah. right Right. and that's that's what's incredible about being a disciple that's what's incredible about God and being faithful to him because it says that they refuse to give up so as to attain a better resurrection now what exactly does that mean to get a better resurrection I can't tell you exactly but it says that they got a better one Yeah. because they didn't give up in the face of trials that inspires me. It inspires me to continue and to persevere when things are hard and when things are challenging. Right? And all of these incredible men and women of faith, I think this writer is writing to inspire them. Get inspired of who these people are. Who your the faith your ancestors, your, your fathers and mothers of the faith, who they are, as you stand and you imagine the Arlington Cemetery, the biggest cemetery you've ever imagined, that it's the, the victors. That they've died, yes. But they, they're victorious. Still. Just as we will be. It's inspiring to think about. It inspires me to think about that. And it's this cloud of witnesses, these people, these people of faith, 
that the writer's talking about is he picks up here in Hebrews 12, verse 1. He says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, my great, they're great people of faith, great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood, your blood. And you have, of shedding your blood. I'm going to stop there. You know, I read this, and he says, you have not yet done this. You have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your own blood. You know, but the, the level of resolve he's writing about to go to be ready, to look back. And he says, this race, which always, it feels appropriate to me, because, you know, Helen and Peter are going to be running the marathon tomorrow. Had a 5K we were trying to do. Oh, and Devin's going to be doing it too, right? I've been seeing him running around every once in a while. I pass him in the car. You know, but I, I remember there was this one time, I was a young Christian still, and I was trying to memorize more scripture, and, uh, you know, I was trying to run, uh, it was ICMC, they did this, uh, 5K, it was Race for Life or Race for Hope. Um, and I was struggling in this 5K. Um, and it was just a 5K, but I was trying, amen. But I, I remember trying to quote the scripture to myself, um, and I was like, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. And I just like, then I remembered, I, I think I got the next part, and then I couldn't remember the first part, but then I got stuck on the part I was on, and I'm going up this hill, and I'm just like, okay, I can't remember, but I feel really dirty because I'm trying to quote this until I just got quiet. And luckily, you know, I'm running with all other, you know, disciples and stuff. But then it's embarrassing because they, if they know it, they know you're missing it. <laughs> I didn't give up. Amen. Amen. my 5K. Come on, bro. Right. But, um... I look at this scripture and really what the author is trying to convey is this call to persevere, to keep going, to not give up. Look at your lineage of these people that, that have come before you. You're, you are a part of them now. Right? And we are a part of them now. Right? By the blood of Jesus, we become one family. We are the family of God. We stand for the kingdom of God because of Jesus Christ. Right? And so as, as we take communion, as you think about the body and blood of Jesus, reflect on what was given. Reflect on what's ahead. Know that the race you run while challenging, and maybe you feel that I'm on, you know, what is the mile in Boston? The Heartbreak Hill? of a mile-long hill that just seems like it's never going to end, that victory is yours in Jesus. 
whether it's in this life or in the grave, victory is yours. We're a part of that already. So as you take the body and the blood, give thanks. Rejoice in your heart. Stand and know that you're a part of something great. But it's because of Jesus' sacrifice. Persevere. Push forward. Fix your eyes. Throw off the sin that's there. And make sure we run our race. Let's pray together. Father, I just want to thank you for this time uh, to reflect on your word and on all those who have come before us. As, as we, uh, we can, it feels appropriate on Memorial Day weekend to reflect on those who have given their lives for your kingdom. And for our King, you, Jesus, who have given your life for us. Pray that we can be inspired. I pray that we can be inspired to run and cast off that which entangles us and hold us back. We thank you for your blood, Jesus. Thank you for the, the body that was given for us. Help us to cleanse our hearts and minds that, that we can take this offering, uh, take this in remembrance of you. Reflecting on what you've given us and what you've died for. Reflecting that we have victory in you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for all you've given us. Thank you for the history and lineage we get to be a part of. We give thanks and praise to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.